Okay, good morning. Welcome to Lenny's Daily Podcast. It is me, filling in for Lenny, who had to go and do his blood test today, like he always does. So it's nothing big, just normal doctor's updates. And we like to start a little early around here because, as you've noticed lately, for those on-demand listeners... It takes a couple minutes for the chat room to get caught up and for the sound to come through on our website. So I don't have any great entertaining commercials for you, but I can tell you that you can find our podcast here every day at 9 a.m. It's either me or Lenny or both of us on Sundays at LennyMelnickFantasySports.com forward slash live. Or you can catch us on demand at iTunes uh Spreaker uh and all of the all of the you know podcast hosts and if you, I mean this really is kind of without saying since you're probably listening on demand if you're hearing this the sound is not in the chat room yet so we're just going to go ahead and give it a second and now it is in the chat room I will tell you guys that the sound is good and you can go ahead and refresh your screens to get the live show right at 8:59 a.m. Welcome aboard. Great to see you all in the chat room. Everybody is uh flowing in at the moment. Rotorius AE says that he's dead last or near the bottom in every league except head-to-head Yahoo where he's dominating. It's interesting because we usually do our chat leagues um, we have a couple only leagues and we do a couple chat leagues and they're mixed. The, the mixed leagues are, um, Roto and Lenny's been playing Roto pretty much for the last 40 years, but I think we're going to do a head to head points league next year, at least one. I feel like I've always done better in these points leagues too. Although I've also been on the wrong side, this, the short end of the stick, where timing is everything and you know you you do get to see in these points leagues where you go head to head you get to see how many points you've accumulated over the season and how many points other teams have accumulated against you and I feel like there's a lot of timing and it's really not up to you it's just random timing about who you uh, face each week whether or not they have a couple two-star pitchers going and so timing does affect there's a lot more luck I think in these uh, head-to-head leagues as far as the timing goes but they're still really fun to play and even if you're not doing well each week is a new week and uh, I've talked to a couple different people about how it's it would be fun to do a couple of points leagues head-to-head where you you know if you're in last place you don't get completely demoralized and want to you know and and he mentioned that he hates football too so it you know, when football starts, it's right around the all-star break, this, the football starts racking up, and um, it's just, it would be a good way just to keep people interested in baseball, but I have to say, there is some strategy in taking advantage of those who decide that football is more important than baseball, and they really only play baseball just to pass the time in between football seasons. Anyways, um, great to have you all in aboard today, Chris Gallo, Eddie Heckman, Jay Gibbs, 
Jeremy Gibbs, Jay, who's going to the Sabre uh, Conference. Every year he goes to the Sabre Conference, and he's got his outfits all picked out. I didn't know dudes do that, but I thought it was really cool that you have a specific outfit that you put together to wear to Sabre. Um, it's going to be in Chicago this year, so have a great time, Jeremy. J.R. Matz, Laura's here. Lenny is logged in. Oh, wait, it says Lenny an hour ago. We do have a guest, Shannon, who says she's Lenny, but... We'll see. NFL Chief, Robert C., Rotorious AI, or AE, SM King Turd, and a cast of others that I can't scroll down to see at the moment. But thanks for coming in today. Uh, we're going to get started. So with with this Vegas thing uh, in, in Oakland, the, the athletics... The, I don't know if this thing is going to happen. There was a special session on Wednesday with the Nevada legislator le- legislators, and there's a lot of them are skeptical and outright critical of this plan to bring the athletics to Nevada because it's going to cost $380 million in public funding. And it was approaching midnight last night in Carson City, Nevada, uh, and 3 a.m. on the East Coast, they were still taking public comment, and there's really no decision uh, made about this new ballpark in Las Vegas, but they're going to rely on the people to pay for it, and I think there's a lot of public outcry about why should they have to pay for it. They're basically, it's like saying, I'm going to pay for this ballpark, $380 million, and you're going to come here and we have no guarantees that you're even going to spend $60 million on a team. So there has to be some kind of, you know, rule set in place where if the public is going to fund this nonsense, you better put out some money as the owner and start funding the players on your team. Start getting some winning players. Start, you know, start... Put, putting together a team that can actually compete. It doesn't have to be a $500 million team like the Mets or the Padres, but it should be at least, I mean, what's the bottom limit? $100 million? Is that too much to ask for an owner to spend $100 million on players a season? The A's could still wind up moving to Las Vegas, but they're really not, it's not going to happen unless a bill to publicly fund their stadium is modified. Jeff Zimmerman pointed out on Twitter that Estuary Estuary Ruiz is batting 174 with a 225 on base percentage, but he still has three stolen bases and three caught stealing. So he continues to run and try to steal bases even though he barely gets on base. A 225 on base percentage? That is just crazy talk. You know, we used to make fun of Billy Hamilton because as much as he's good at stealing bases, you can't steal first base. You can't, you know, if you can't get on base, you can't steal bases. A lot of times these guys with these stolen bases, their on base percentage is just junk. So the pitchers have figured out how to keep these guys off the base pass. We'll see if Ruiz uh, makes any adjustments and starts hitting better and getting on base more. But this guy, the potential is through the roof if he could just get on base. This year's Reds are sudden. The Cincinnati Reds are suddenly able to contend. Is J.R. Matz here? This is for you. Hello, J.R. Matz. You and your boys and your young daughter, Danny. Moose, Mikey, J.R. Matz. The Reds are, are they able to contend this year? I want to know from the chat room as I read these uh, 
stats on the season, if you think that the Reds have a shot at the playoffs, especially now that they got a couple of youngsters up who are pretty darn exciting for the fans and for the team, they are 29 and 33, but even with that record, the Reds are only five games out of first place and three and a half games behind second place Pittsburgh. Since April 24th, the Reds have gone 22 and 18 and are the only team in the National League Central with a winning record during that span. Whatever potential there was leading up to this series, the arrival of Ellie blew the top off those expectations. So, do the Reds have a shot at the playoffs? I'd love to hear from you in the chat room. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, Eddie Heckman. Stardog is here. SM King Turd. Alonzo on the injured list. Yes, meet the freaking mess or the Mets. You can call him what you want. Big L on the Proud is, Prowl is a big fan of the Mets, so he's pretty devastated right now. Um... J.R. Metz, Mr. Cincinnati says that the Reds can contend due to weak division and better bats, but still there's growing pains coming. It's frustrating that the pitching coaches can't get better results from such great talent. Astro starter Lance McCullers had a setback in his rehab from a forearm strain. General manager Dana Brown says he'll head for an MRI today and the team is expected to provide an update next week. So I think this was a great signing by the Mariners. They signed D.D. Gregorius to a minor league deal and it includes a $1.5 million base salary if he makes it to the MLB roster. Now, of course, this media vultures like to dog on him because he hasn't done good in the last couple seasons, but I'd like to let you know since they decided not to tell you that D.D. Gregorius had problems after he got a second shot of the vaccination against COVID and they blew him off and treated him like he was out of his mind and crazy and he didn't play good since. The good news is he's been on an absolute tear since he signed and he's hit 359 with a 431 on base percentage through 26 games this year. He will get another chance to join the majors this season. He's also able to play multiple infield positions if the Mariners should need him to. He's clearly, his normal and natural position is shortstop, but he had a really hard time over the past couple years, and whether they want to admit it or not, there was a reason behind it. So I'm really happy to see that he's healthy and he's crushing it down in the minors. And the Seattle Mariners are going to give him a chance to come up. And again, he he mostly plays shortstop and that's all he's going to qualify at for now. But if they need him anywhere in the middle infield, anywhere in the infield, he can play that and he is capable and this guy can get on base and he can get get on base. He'll get a handful of home runs, a handful of stolen bases, but his best asset is his ability to get on base. Willie Calhoun went three for eight yesterday in a double header. He had a home run, a double, two runs, and three RBIs across that double header against the White Sox. Now, the, the reason I bring Willie Calhoun up is because he's batting leadoff right now. He played right field uh, in the day game and DH in the nightcap. He accounted for three of the team's five runs in the opener, and 
he's filling in for Aaron Judge, but I think the biggest fantasy aspect of this is that he's batting leadoff. He batted leadoff both games. So he's going to DH. He's going to play some right field. Now, I have to say, he came into yesterday's game uh, batting he was 0 for 10 in the previous four games heading into yesterday, but he really does look to be in line for increased playing time with Aaron Judge on the injured list. The Boston Red Sox, what a sham this team is. They're 31 and 32, 14 games out of first place in the AL East. If the Red Sox were in the AL Central, though, they would be tied for first place. Okay, with the Twins. They will be tied for first place with the Twins in the American League Central. But because they're in the AL East, they are 14 games out of first place. I'm so annoyed at the Red Sox right now. I used to be a huge fan. I started to love baseball because of the Red Sox. They are wrong in so many ways. It just never ends with these guys. The Cleveland Guardians' Jose Ramirez hit more home runs in six innings against the Red Sox last night than the entire Guardians team had combined for the month. They only had two home runs for the month, but Jose Ramirez hit three home runs last night in six innings in his first three at-bats, and we're going to talk more about Jose Ramirez uh, when we get to the game recaps. If you include luxury tax penalties, the Mets and the Padres are dropping about $800 million to go a combined 59 and 66. Ozzy Albies hit a walk-off home run yesterday. Atlanta beat the Mets again. They lead the Mets now by 8.5 games. It's the first time since 1900 that the Braves have won three straight games after being down at least three runs in each game. That's thanks to Sarah Langs, who no matter what happens to her, she is a baseball fan at heart. What a great role model is Sarah Langs. I can't, I just can't say enough about this lady. And I'm just so proud to see a woman out there who is using her knowledge to make herself, she's got a horrible disease that's crippling her, and she's out there every single day with knowledge about baseball. She's not wearing hooker dresses. She's not flaunting her looks. She is out there giving quality baseball analytics, and I'm just proud to say that that's a great woman for the game of baseball and for women in general in sports. She is a role model, and I just... I pray for her and I hope the best for her, but this is a woman who has done what she loves and she's excellent at it and it's just a horrible, sad day that she is uh, not going to be able to do it for a long life. All right. Who would have imagined that the pitching matchup between Justin Verlander and Spencer Strider would result in the combined pitching line of seven innings, 15 hits, 13 runs, 12 earned runs, six walks, and 11 strikeouts. Can you imagine Verlander against Strider? I bet there was a lot of money lost yesterday on those games. Every team has had a player strike out at least four times in a game this season, except for one team. Which team? This is a great genius of the day. Here's the genius of the day. Every team has had a player strike out at least four times in a game this season, except one team. Tell me the team. 
Philly starter Zach Wheeler gets a standing ovation from the Phillies crowd after he departs having a no-hitter broken up with one out in the eighth inning. The White Sox beat the Yankees 6-5 yesterday. The White Sox are 28-35 and and only three games out of first place. Oh, to be in the American League Central. You don't have to have a good record to be leading the American League Central, okay? Can you feel this? This is a point that I've been making all day so far. The American League Central is a nightmare. Actually, it's a heaven for teams that aren't that good. It's the American League East that's the nightmare. The Twins lead the AL Central with a 31-32 and record. Okay, I have some guesses in here. The Rays... The raise is not it, although I want you to think on the other side of the spectrum here. Not the best team. This is not an obvious genius of the day. Good guess, Eddie. Oakland, but that's not it. It's at, it is a National League team on the East Coast. And it's the only team in baseball who doesn't have a hitter to strike out four more times in a game. Uh... Let me tell you this interesting thing. Now, you know, a a team starts off with a five-man rotation every year, and it's obvious that they are going to go through a lot more than five starters throughout the season. People get hurt, people get demoted, people get promoted, and all of this stuff, right? But so far this season, and we're one-third of the way into the season, There's a couple teams that are unbelievably, the Rays, okay, the Tampa Bay Rays, they've used 13 starting pitchers already this season. The Royals have used 12, the Athletics, 12, and compare that with the other end of the spectrum, the Blue Jays, they're still sitting with their, they've only used five starters this season. They haven't used anybody else, just five starters, and the Nationals, Pirates, Those guys have only used six starters, but like I said, the Tampa Rays have used 13 different starters, and it doesn't correlate at all with these teams' records because, like, you look at the Rays, they've had 13 starting pitchers, and it sure hasn't hurt them at all. You look at the National, they've only had six starting pitchers, but they're not doing great, so it doesn't really have any correlation as to how these guys are doing. Oakland, no. uh, Let's see. King Hap just bet Chicago to win the Central. That's going to be a dogfight to the end of horrible teams. All right, I'll give you the White Sox. That could be, but you know your boy Eloy is hurt again. How real are the Marlins? Let's see how many pitchers the Marlins have used. They've used 10 starters, but I'll tell you what. The Marlins have the pitching to get it done. If they could get these guys healthy, they got a lot of young, young good arms. We've been saying that for years. The, bar, the ballpark that they play in is great for pitchers. I really think this is going to come down to their pitching more than their hitting, but the Marlins, I give them a lot of credit. What arm will Texas go out to get to replace DeGrom? Strowman, do you think the Texas Rangers are going to replace DeGrom by hitting the market, the the trade market before the trade deadline? SM King Turd in the chat room is a big Texas fan. He's going to he hopefully he'll chime in on this one, John. The other guess is in the chat room for the only team in baseball that has no player to strike out four more times in a game. The answer is the Mets. Believe it. Andrew Benintendi and Tim Anderson have gone a combined 477 at-bats without hitting a home run. So here you go, King Hap. Benintendi and Tim Anderson 
have gone a combined 477 at-bats without hitting a home run. Anderson, 250 at-bats. Benintendi, 227 at-bats. And I'll tell you, I look, I could explain Tim Anderson to you in one quick uh, sentence. His launch angle sucks. It's ranked last in MLB. His launch angle is 1.5. We got a Christian Yelich problem on our hands here with the launch angle because all he's doing is hitting ground balls. Now, Anderson spent some time out with injury. He's back. We're going to give him some time, but that is a horrible launch angle. Benintendi, I didn't look at it, but if you're trying to hit a bunch of ground balls, your launch angle 1.5 is exactly where you want to be, and that is not where you want to be to hit home runs. Lance Lynn against the Yankees. Put this in your DFS handbook. Lance Lynn is good against the Yankees. His last three starts at Yankee Stadium, 15 innings pitched, 3 ERA, 18 strikeouts, and 6 walks. Ellie De La Cruz breaking records here. I think this comes from Sarah Langs too. Since 1901, players with at least one single, double, triple, home run, and stolen base within their first three MLB games are Ellie De La Cruz and Bill, I don't know his last name, he's from 1953, B-R-U-T-O-N. Lenny would know how to say his name. All right, Clayton Kershaw yesterday pitched his 82nd start of at least six scoreless innings and his 63rd start of seven or more shutout innings. It ties Don Drysdale's team record of 63 starts of at least six innings. Go Kershaw. We love Kershaw. This season, Luis Arias has played 58 games, come to the plate 239 times, recorded 87 hits, and swung and missed only 29 times. This guy's got plate discipline like no other. Last night, there were five Angels first-round picks in the starting lineup together. It was They tied the franchise record. It was the fourth time that it's happened, and it's happened, all of them, within the last couple years. And Joe Adele is back. Yesterday, he had the second hardest hit batted ball. Oh, no, not yesterday, but when he was down in the minors, he had the second hardest hit batted ball in AAA this season, 118.4 miles an hour double. That was on May 18th. He also had the sixth hardest hit batted ball in the majors this season yesterday, 117 miles per hour home run so like I said Joe Adele is back he hit a home run I wish him the best but he might still have we might still have a problem getting him into the lineup or even staying in the majors because after uh we're going to talk about that when we talk about the game recaps we have a couple injury updates about what's going to happen to Joey Adele so Gary Sanchez to the Padres rescue since he arrived four home runs and 33 at bats the rest of the Padres catchers have three home runs and 176 at-bats. Sanchez went two for five with a double, a homer, three RBIs, and two runs score on Wednesday. He's now nine for 29 with four home runs and a 1.16 OPS, a 310 batting average through 32 plate appearances while seeing the majority of the starts as catcher. Uh, King Tur brought up Smith Shaver. Smith Shaver, an Atlanta prospect, could make a start for Atlanta today 
or tomorrow against the Nationals. Mike Soraka was optioned to Triple A Gwinnett on Monday. He there that means there's a spot in the rotation. He actually made his major league debut and relief on Sunday in Arizona after Soroka struggled early on his start. And this rookie, Smith Schauber, went two and one third scoreless innings with three strikeouts. He's only twenty years old. He barely has more than a hundred professional innings under his belt. But his upside warrants rostering in most leagues. Now, I looked him up because King Turd was talking about maybe they should lift up the reins, let loose the reins a little bit on this guy because he's even though he's young. I will. I looked up and I noticed that four out of seven of his starts this season, he's gone at least five innings. And his most recent start before he got called up, he went seven innings. Let these kids pitch. It's good for baseball. You treat these kids with with gloves and and you treat them like they're glass. They end up like Steven Strasburg. That's my best example, but it's not the only example. It's just the one I think of first because I remember Steven Strasburg, my first Arizona Fall League in 2009. He was walking around with bodyguards. They didn't want to let him pitch. He was like the newest thing since sliced bread and he was going to be all the... But let me tell you what happened to him because they decided to baby him. Let these guys pitch. Nolan Ryan did it. All kinds of pitchers did it, and they were successful at it. And we've had just, it's gone downhill so much with the way they baby these pitchers. I sure hope they just let this kid go. If he's pitching well, leave him in the game. That should be the rule. Not, oh, you can only go so many innings. Look, it's about how many pitches does it take you to get through the innings. It's not about the number of innings. You could go nine innings and throw 80 pitches, or you could go four innings and throw 80 pitches. So does your arm really know how many innings you've gone, or is it really about how many pitches you throw? Let the kid pitch. Atlanta is excellent at bringing up youngsters. I sure hope that they allow this kid to do his thing. Leave him in the rotation if he's pitching good and let him earn his spot. He's going to have struggles just like every rookie does. But it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as the innings limit that they post on this kid. I'm begging you, Atlanta, to let this kid pitch. The Red Sox will head to New York to take on the Yankees this weekend. It will be the first time this season that the two teams meet. It's not as exciting as it used to be because Boston is too busy focused on a bunch of other social nonsense to get a good team put together. Alec Bohm's expected to return from the 10-day injured list tomorrow. He went through a full workout, so he's ready to come back. Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins said yesterday that Alec Manoa will be away from the club for at least two turns. He's got to get his mind right. Apparently, he's not in a good emotional state. Good Lord. The Dodgers announced Syndergaard has been placed on the 15-day injured list due to a blister on his right index finger. Fellow righty Taylor Scott has been recalled from AAA Oklahoma City to take Syndergaard's spot on the roster. You know, Syndergaard hasn't been having a good season. He's averaged just four and two-thirds innings per outing. He's sitting on a total of 55 and a third innings on the season. In that span, he's got a 7.18 ERA with the career worst 15.4 strikeout rate. That's 
horrible. He averaged a career low 94.5 miles an hour on his fastball last year. He's sitting at an average 92.8 this year, even though it was up to 93.3 in his last three starts. Opponents are batting 366 against his new cutter and batting 309 against his sinker and the only one of Syndergaard's five pitches that has a better than average expected Woba is his curveball, which is his least used pitch. He only uses it 12% of the time. So in a nutshell, Syndergaard, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. In fact, he's right up there with George Kirby and not being able to walk guys. It's great, but his strikeout rate is abominable, abysmal. (laughs) All right, expect to roll this Chapman to get traded, according to Kenny Rosenthal. Let's get started on the games. All right, officially, we're going to get to see this Shaver kid for Atlanta pitch today. I would say to everybody in the chat room, it's probably my most exciting news of the day. This kid is amazing pitcher, and it's not just one of those things where you look at the box scores. you got to just watch this kid in action. Uh, I think he's going to be real good. If they let him pitch... Yesterday, Chris Taylor hit his 10th home run of the season. The, the Dodgers beat the Reds 6 to nothing. The Dodgers snapped a four-game losing streak and avoided a three-game series sweep against the Reds, who won the previous two games. The Dodgers improved to 10-3 and against Cincinnati, dating back to 2021. Kershaw, seven scoreless innings, five hits, nine strikeouts, two walks. The Dodgers scored three runs in the fir- in the third inning against Red starter Graham Ashcraft who hit both James Outman and Mookie Betts with pitches. He's got a 6.78 ERA now. He walked the bases loaded for David Peralta, who brought home two more on a line drive to center field. He was pulled after 48 pitches, two and two-thirds, three earned runs, one strikeouts, pretty much got shelled. After batting left-handed in his first two big league games, Ellie De La Cruz switched to the other side of the plate to face Kershaw. He hit an infield single and then collected his first stolen base in the majors. He finished the day one for four with three strikeouts. Taylor Scott was recalled. Noah Syndergaard placed on the 15-day injured list. They say he's going to be out a few weeks. So Manoa needs to reset mentally and emotionally. And now here's Dave Roberts saying that Syndergaard is going to be out at least a few weeks to heal and get away from baseball to reset physically, mentally, and emotionally. He's got a freaking blister. He's having a bad season. And now we're saying, I mean, how many times have we seen this this year? We're letting these guys, he's got to go away for two weeks to reset mentally. I would say... Why are you paying him all this money if he needs to take off weeks because he's not emotionally stable? Good grief, this is getting out of hand. I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be not, I'm trying, look, I don't feel like I'm not empathetic to these people. Like I don't have empathy for people that have mental struggles. I know a couple of people that have mental struggles and I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but it's very frustrating when this is becoming, when it's a slippery slope. All of a sudden now, if you want a day off, you just say you're mentally 
bad and then all of a sudden you get two, three, four, five, six weeks off of baseball. I mean, how good is that for for team? I don't know. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to say that it's not real. I'm thankful that people are acknowledging that it exists, but give me a break. Hunter Green remains on place to start Sunday in St. Louis. David Bell says that he has he is coming back to to pitch on Sunday. He hasn't pitched since June 1st due to stiffness in his right hip. MLB best Tampa Bay Rays completed a three-game sweep. Beating the Twins 4-2, Tampa Bay is 29-6 at home. They've won six in a row overall and 46-19 on the season. For the Twins, who have lost a season-high five consecutive games and they're still in first place... <laughs> They lead their division despite falling under 500. They're 31 and 32. They've combined, they've scored a combined seven runs in the past six games. The Rays have stolen a team record 31 consecutive bases without being caught. Yanni Chirinos recalled from AAA Durham before the game yesterday. He allowed one run and five hits over five and two thirds innings. It was his first big league appearance since April 29th. Bailey Ober retired his first 11 batters, including six consecutive strikeouts in the second and third before he lost the perfect game and the lead in a span of three batters. He gave up four runs, three hits, and two walks over five and a third innings. He basically was having a perfect game until he wasn't, and then he gave up the lead and everything. Jason Adam got his 10th save and 14 chances. Wander Franco stole his 22nd base. Harold Ramirez homered during a three-run fourth inning. Hey, Carlos Correa's back. Seventh home run yesterday, and Michael Taylor got his eighth home run. Luke Rayleigh tripled for the second time in three games, and Yandy Diaz was out of the lineup for a, a second straight day due to a left hip flexor problem. Baltimore and Milwaukee, the Orioles rallied from a three-run deficit to beat the Brewers 6-3. This was a great game, a great comeback. The Orioles scored six runs over the final three innings. The comeback enabled the Orioles to avoid a three-game sweep. The Brewers' Colin Ray struck out eight. He allowed three hits and one walk in five shutout innings. Ray was in line to win his fourth straight start until the Brewers' bullpen failed him. He left after throwing 84 pitches, including 59 strikes. This guy has worked at least five innings in nine of ten starts this year, but he hasn't thrown more than 93 pitches or worked more than six innings in a game all season. That's fine. He's doing great. Let's see what his record is. What's his record, Colin Ray? I don't have his record in front of me, but I'd like to know it. The fact is... He's a Brewers pitcher. He's under the radar. He pitches at least five innings every time he goes out there. It, he's He only needs – it's not a down thing. It's not a negative to say that you didn't throw more than 93 pitches when you can also say that you've gone at least five innings in nine of ten of your starts. I mean, that's effective pitching right there. He doesn't need more than 93 pitches. It's great. Oriole star, starter Kyle Bradish retired just one of the first six batters he faced, but then he settled down from there and he retired the next 12 batters that he faced. He had a season-high 10 strikeouts while allowing six hits, one walk, and three runs in five innings. Gunnar Henderson hit a two-run homer. Adam Frazier hit a two-run double. 
Ramon Urias, the older brother of the Brewers infielder Luis Urias, had a two-out homer. So these two brothers faced each other yesterday. Each of the Urias brothers was a starting third baseman for his team yesterday, with Ramon going 3-for-4 and Luis going 0-for-4. Brian Baker, Keegan Aiken, Yenier Cano, and Felix Batista combined to allow just two hits in four innings of scoreless relief. Batista now has 16 saves and 20 opportunities. The San Francisco Giants beat the Colorado Rockies for the 11th straight time yesterday, 6-4. to San Francisco swept its 7th straight series from Colorado. The Giants are 16-3 at Coors Field dating back to 2021, and they've won eight straight in Denver. So the, the Giants go to Denver, and the game is on for the Giants. The Rockies have lost four straight. Chase Anderson allowed three runs and struck out a season-high seven in five and a third innings. Uh, Anderson still hasn't had a decision in five starts with the Rockies. The Rockies got all of their runs in the first inning off of Alex Cobb. All four runs came in the first inning. Alex Cobb pitched five innings, eight hits, seven strikeouts. He appeared to tweak something in the fifth inning. He threw a pitch to Randall Grychuk. He grabbed at his left hip. Gabe Kapler and Trainer came out to the mound, but Cobb finished the inning before leaving the game. So we'll see what happens with uh, Alex Cobb. Brandon Crawford pinch hit RBI double to spark a three-run ninth. Michael Conforto homered. Thyro Estrada hit his seventh home run and stole his 14th base. Nolan Jones had three hits and stole his third base. Camilo Duvall got his 16th save and Scott Alexander got the win. Eloy hit a go-ahead homer in the seventh inning. The White Sox beat the Yankees 6-5 to in the opener of the doubleheader and extended their winning streak to a season-high five games. The White Sox tied a season-high with four home runs and matched their most homers at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees played their first game since they put Aaron Judge on the 10-day injured list with a sprained and bruised right big toe and lost for the sixth time in 28 games when scoring at least five runs. Severino tied a career high by serving up three homers for the fourth time overall and second consecutive start. He allowed four runs and six hits in five innings. Lance Lynn, five runs, eight hits, five innings. Luis Robert Jr. hit a home run and stole a base yesterday. His third base hit his uh, 14th home run. But Jake Berger hit a two-run homer off the Yankees. Severino before Luis Robert. Yoan Moncada also went deep. Luis Robert entered the game 8 for 40. He had three hits yesterday. It was Eloy's sixth career go-ahead homer in the seventh inning or later and his sixth homer in 12 career games against New York. Willie Calhoun drove in three runs. We told you about that. Glaber Torres, Anthony Rizzo, Stanton, and DJ LeMahieu were a combined 0 for 15 yesterday. Gregory Santos got the win with a 1-2-3 sixth inning, and Kendall Graveman earned his sixth save. And before the game yesterday, the Yankees made a $10,000 donation in Liam Hendricks' name to Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. It was a really nice uh, little thing that they did for him. They gave him a giant check. 
And Liam Hendricks is going to match the donation. So that's even better. Uh, Judge said the swelling in his toe is decreasing and he opted against using a walking boot. Nestor Cortez, this guy finally went on the injured list. I had this guy on the team. I have this guy on a team and I had nothing to do with him. I had to drop a player because they never put him on the injured list. It was a symbol I never saw on fan tracks before. Usually when a player is injured, they have a, a little uh, plus on a red flag the flag was completely torn in half for Nestor Cortez. And there was absolutely, I've never seen that symbol before. And I had no clue what it meant. But all I know is that he didn't qualify for the injured list, even though we knew he was injured. Hello. Anyway, they put him on the 15-day injured list retroactive to June 5th. Carlos Rodon is expected to throw two more simulated games before going on a minor league rehab assignment. He threw 20 pitches against hitters yesterday. The second game of the doubleheader yesterday, uh, the New York Yankees beat the White Sox 3-0 in the second game, so the Yankees avoided a three-game sweep. Now, they have this kid, Randy Vasquez. He pitched two-hit ball into the sixth inning for his first Major League win in his second Major League start. He allowed a single in the first and then retired the next 15 batters. He struck out three, walked one, and got eight outs on ground balls. He was one and six at AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar, and after the game, he was sent back to AAA. He had been added to the roster as the 27th man for the doubleheader. That's why I didn't do a lot more uh, investigating on this. Basically, he was one and six at AAA before he got called up. They needed him for the doubleheader, and he was sent back down right after. Clevenger allowed three runs and six hits in five and two-thirds. He retired his first nine hitters before Willie Calhoun doubled and Torres followed with his 10th homer to snap a 0-for-20 skid. What about Eloy? He exited in the ninth inning, appeared to tweak his leg running to first base. He is day-to-day with a lower left leg injury and will be evaluated today. Sorry about the Eloy news, but... You know, we have a running joke in the chat room. How many times are we going to say Eloy is coming this year? And I have to say, we started, we 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 all got a good chuckle out of it because every ten games we decided is about every ten games Eloy is hurt. He can't get through ten games without getting hurt. And that was an exaggeration, I thought. But really, has it even been ten games since he came back last time? I don't know. Billy McKinney tripled in the opener and hit his first home run with the Yankees in the second game. He was called up from the minors on Wednesday. He's 28 years old, so don't get too excited about Billy McKinney. He's not a youngster. He was called up on Wednesday when Aaron Judge went on the injured list. So he got his first home run with the Yankees in the second game of the doubleheader. Clay Holmes got three outs for his seventh save. The Phillies rallied past the Tigers 3-2 to yesterday for their fifth victory in a row. Tigers lost their sixth straight and eighth in the last nine games. Zach Wheeler took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. 108 pitches it took him. He struck out eight, walked one, and hit a batter. But Rob Thompson said he would have let Wheeler throw 120 pitches at most if the no-hitter was still intact. Wheeler's a veteran. Give me a break. He could go 120 pitches. And that's what his manager said. So I'm not arguing with anybody, even though it sounds like it. <laughs> I feel like I'm argumentative today. I'm having a, a mental day today. A, 
mentally anguished day today. Maybe I need a couple weeks off. Just kidding. I should look. I just want to reiterate. I am not trying to act like the mental illness is not a real thing. I do believe that it's real, and I do think that people should come out and say when they have it, and they should be treated without some kind of stigma. But it seems like it's becoming an excuse, and that's just there's a slippery slope to this kind of thing. But again, I'm not trying to act like it doesn't happen and it's not a real thing because it is. And I probably shouldn't have been so harsh on Alec Manoa now and Noah Syndergaard. It's, I'm sure that I shouldn't be judgmental when I don't know the full sides of the story. And it's none of my business, really. It's a private issue. And I take back being so harsh on it. Anyway. The trainer's room, you guys, Phillies, all of you Phillies, Jose Alvarado fans who actually were smarter than me and said that Jose Alvarado does have what it takes to be a closer. He will be activated before today's game against the Dodgers. He's been out since May 8th, so if you can get him into your lineup, do that. Brandon Belt had a tie-breaking RBI single. Whoopee! And the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Astros 3-2. The Blue Jays took 3 out of 4 from the Astros and won the season 4-3. Won the season series 4-3. Houston lost its third straight. It's its longest slump of the season. They are 6-6 six six in one-run games. And the Blue Jays won the major league leading 12th game when scoring 3 runs or fewer. The Blue Jays have won 8 of 10 and 10 of 13. Toronto is 7 and 1 in June after going 11 and 17 in May. So they have turned a corner here. Jose Barrios, we love. I I'm just very happy when I see Jose Barrios having a good day. He allowed two runs and four hits, two walks still, but he and he only struck out one. But he's the latest Blue Jays pitcher to turn in a strong start against the Astros. Berrios pitched six innings to win his third straight decision. Framber Valdez was looking to earn his fourth consecutive winning start. He allowed three runs and four hits in five innings. He walked four and struck out five. Alejandro Kirk, RBI double, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. reached base twice. Jordan Alvarez left after one at bat because of a sore right oblique. He was replaced by at DH by Corey Jolks when his turn came up in the third inning. Jolks went one for two with a walk and a strikeout. So this Corey Jolks, J-U-L-K-S. He did something the other day and he filled in when Alvarez had to come out. We'll see what's going on with Alvarez as the day goes on. He's got a sore right oblique. You never know the, the depth of those injuries, but of course, I'm not a doctor. Jordan Romano, 17th save and 20 chances. Alex Bregman, 9th home run. In 40 career games against Toronto, Alex Bregman is batting 304 with 20 doubles, 9 home runs, and 28 RBIs. So, for your DFS notebook, Alex Bregman against Toronto, he's excellent. 49, he's 304 batting average, 20 doubles, 9 home runs, and 28 RBIs in 41 games against Toronto. Kevin Kiermeyer was hit on the left wrist by a pitch in the second inning, but he stayed in to play defense in the third, and then he was replaced by Dalton Varsho in the fourth. X-rays did not reveal a fracture. 
The Cleveland Guardians beat the Red Sox 10-3, deservedly so. The Guardians won the series and handed the Red Sox their fifth loss in six games. Boston is under 500 for the first time since April 28th. The Guardians actually hit for the cycle in the sixth inning, and they had eight straight hits and scored five times. Jose Ramirez homered in the in his first three at-bats and from both sides of the plate. First inning, third inning, in the third inning, he hit his 200th career homer, and he uh, hit another home run in the sixth. All right, Corey Kluber came in after Matt Dermody. Matt Dermody pitched four innings, four hits, three earned runs, one strikeout. Then Corey Kluber came in and proceeded to mess everything up in three and a third innings, 11 hits, seven earned runs, and one strikeout. Took him as many pitches to get through that as it did for the starter. Aaron Savale went five and two-thirds, three strikeouts, two earned runs, and four hits allowed. Ref Snyder stole his third base. Tristan Casas hit his seventh home run. Jose Ramirez, I said, three home runs, but Will Brennan hit his fourth home run. And that's about it for that game. Alex Verdugo is still being punished, by the way. It's still being punished because he didn't hustle on Wednesday. He was not in the starting lineup. He was benched on Wednesday because he didn't hustle and he's still being benched. Even though, honestly, could he possibly be in their like top three hitters? Their team is horrible. This team is horrible. All right. Garrett Whitlock gets to go up against Garrett Cole tonight, by the way. So that should be fun. And Logan Allen, Guardians rookie lefty, who I love, tossed seven scoreless innings in his last start. He's going up against Christian Javier in the opener of a three-game set tonight. I'm rooting for Logan Allen, but that's tough competition there. Ozzie Albies lined a three-run homer with two outs in the 10th inning, and the Braves rallied to beat the Mets 13-10. They won their fifth straight game. Orlando Arcia hit a tying solo homer. New York has dropped six in a row for the first time since August 2019, but you wouldn't know that if you're listening to New York radio. It sounds like the Mets are having the worst season they've ever had in their history. But they did. They lost six in a row for the first time since 2019. They wasted two home runs from Alvarez, Francisco Alvarez, and an early grand slam from Brandon Nimmo. New York Mets matched a season low at three games under 500, falling eight and a half games behind the first place Braves. The fourth place Mets have lost seven straight and nine of ten in Atlanta. The Mets did have 14 hits, including three by Starling Marte, but it wasn't enough as Atlanta launched four home runs. I told you this matchup should have been a pitcher's duel, and it turned into a freaking bandbox contest. Spencer Strider gave up the lead in the Mets' five-run second inning and allowed a career-high eight runs in four innings, five runs on five hits in the second he just got crushed in the second inning. Uh, Verlander, he, I don't know, it might be worse. He, They scored three runs on Verlander in the first inning, and he only lasted three whole innings. He allowed five runs. Four of them were earned. Four walks in his first career outing at Truist Park, the 34th stadium in which Verlander has started. Marcelo Zuna, of course, just... 
unbelievable, this guy. 12th home run yesterday. Albies hit his 14th. David Robertson was summoned to try and get a five-out save, but gave up Arcia's one-out homer in the ninth. It was his second blown save and 12 chances. Rossiel Iglesias pitched a perfect 10th. Austin Riley hit a two-run homer. He also had three other hits, so he had a total of four hits yesterday and his first Grand Slam. Wait. He hit a two-run homer, his first of four hits. He hit a pitch down the middle of the plate into the right field seats for his first career Grand Slam. Is that possible? Austin Riley? Maybe. Tonight, A.J. smith Shaver. Check him out. He's making his first career start against Washington Nationals' Mackenzie Gore. He's 20 years old. He will be Atlanta's 12th starting pitcher this season. I hope he does well. I I really do, and I think he will. All right, Reed Detmers fans finally posted his first win of the season. The Angels beat the Cubbies 3-1 to to complete their third series sweep of the season. It is the first time the Angels have swept the Cubs in a three-game series, and they've won four straight. The Cubbies were swept for the fourth time this year. The Cubs have dropped four in a row and ten of the last 14. The Cubs managed five hits against four Angels pitchers and have scored in only three of their last 42 innings. Reed Detmers, yay Detmers, five and two-thirds inning. Uh, He's made it that deep into a game only three times in 11 starts this season, but he struck out eight and he walked two. Drew Smiley allowed three runs, two earned, and struck out four in six innings. And Carlos Estevez earned his 16th save. Joey Adele homered in his first game back to the majors. He led the AAA Pacific Coast League with 18 homers before he got called up. He tied the game one all in the second inning when he hammered a sinker from Drew Smiley 455 feet. According to StatCast, it was the longest homer by an Angels player at home this season. The exit velocity, 117.2 miles per hour, sixth hardest ball in the majors this season. He was actually promoted on Wednesday because Hunter Renfro went on the paternity list and Renfro is expected back tomorrow. So even with the Dells home run, he might be the odd man out when Renfro comes back tomorrow. Phil Nevin is trying to make sure Adele continues to remain confident, which tells me that he is going to try to keep this kid in the lineup. I don't blame him. I hope he does that. Adele deserves another chance to come up and do his thing. Trey Mancini had an RBI double. So Cody Bellinger and Brad Boxberger are heading to the team's complex in Arizona to continue workouts before going on rehab assignments. Anthony Rendon got the night off. He is 0 for 6 in two games since missing 21 games due to a left groin strain. Good grief, okay. Tonight you get to see Marcus Stroman, who was mentioned in the chat room as a possibility for the Texas Rangers now that DeGrom is going to be out for the season. I don't know if the Cubbies are going to give up Marcus Stroman. I mean, when you make an investment like that, it's not that Marcus Stroman was never good. He was oh, He's always been good. He's great for getting ground balls, and he doesn't allow a lot of home runs, but he has been in the mid three, upper three ERA, you know, but he, um, it was a, it was, 
it was a mediocre, like, I'm not saying that he's mediocre, but it wasn't a huge risk for the Cubbies, but it was a, it was taking a chance on a guy, just like Cody Bellinger. The Cubbies made a couple great signings this offseason, right before the season started. They made a couple great additions where you just got to look at them and say, all right, they're taking a risk, but they're taking a chance on a couple of guys that may or may not do well. But these these guys and a couple others that the Cubbies took a chance on going into the season have really helped them out. And I hope that the Cubbies can pull it back together because I love watching them. I really like watching them this year. The fans are great. They always are great. Even when the Cubs are bad, the fans are still great at Wrigley. But I'm rambling on about this. I just, I hope the Cubbies come back and do their thing. I want Cody Bellinger to get back. The sooner, the better. Okay, so you got Boxberger and Cody Bellinger headed to Arizona to get on rehab assignments. And that's it. That's the that's the stuff today. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to Oklahoma University's women's softball on a three-peat and like 58 straight wins. That's excellent. Love it. Uh, you guys, thanks for coming to the chat room. Have a great day.